Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. You know what? Today, we're going to talk about the anniversary of the Austin mass shooting. It's been two years. There was a mass shooting here in Austin, Texas. And the weird thing is, there hasn't been a trial. So the person that's been held responsible, that's supposed to be responsible, has not been brought to court to justice uh, so we can take care of this matter. And we need that to happen. The family needs closure. You know, there are a bunch of families that have been injured. There's a family that lost a loved one, and they need some type of closure. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. All right, so also, we want to discuss the Daniel Perry subway killing and what the implications are. Daniel Penny. Penny. I said Perry, didn't I? Very similar. I know. Daniel Penny. Daniel Penny. Penny. P-E-N-N-Y. I'll let you say it. Daniel. Penny. Daniel. Penny. All right, there we go. All right, so we're going to talk about that case. That happened in uh, New York. That was in New York City subway, yeah. New York City subway. And and honestly, we have different opinions on the show about this case. What different opinions? We have different opinions. Some people think, you know, Daniel Penny uh, is innocent. Some people think that Daniel Penny should be guilty of murder. Who thinks he should be guilty of murder? You'll be surprised. So we're going to talk about that. All right, so. Um, you know, also, we're going to talk about some gun news, you know, all the gun news around the country of, of that's happened over the last week. I'm going to discuss that, you know, but man, you know, it's, uh, you know, I've, I, there's a special place in my heart for the Cantor family. And that is, you know, Doug Cantor lost his life two years ago. You know, this guy was here in Austin, Texas, enjoying his, you know, a, a, a nice summer 
uh, vacation, just graduated college, you know, looking forward to starting a new life with, a, you know, looking forward to getting married, uh, a new house, you know, starting a new life, you know, new chapter in his life. And then a teenager decided to have a beef with someone else and accidentally shoot Doug Cantor, who happened to be in the way of his beef with whoever he had a beef with. And so he took this guy's life. And guess what? The Austin, Texas, Travis County District Attorney has not held him accountable for this murder. No figure. We're talking, what's his name? Uh, the murderer? No, the DA. Uh, Garza? What's his name? Is that his name? My name is Jose Garza, and I'm humbled to be your district attorney. Yeah, Garza. Yes, he's not, Garza. he has not been held accountable, you know, for this young man's murder. You know, a guy that's starting his new life, getting ready to get married, new home, just graduated, graduated from college. Yeah, the, 25 years old. The entire world is his, you know, his oyster. And his life was taken abruptly out of nowhere. And so I do want to give the family a chance to come on the show and talk about their loved one. I want um, Doug, the brother, uh, to come on. Uh, I'm sorry, Nick Cantor. I want Nick to come on the show um, to talk about his, his brother. Um, very sad situation. Very sad. Very, very sad situation. Uh, it never should have happened. And, and the, the thing that bothers me the most is the fact that the district attorney is so focused on other things. The DA is focused on prosecuting police officers for you know things that happened in 2020 during the riots and the protests uh, when rioters were destroying this city, blocking traffic, using you know people in wheelchairs who are paraplegic as as speed bumps to to stop traffic, uh, using AR-15s, AK-47s to stop traffic, to block traffic in our roadway. And this district attorney legalized this. Apparently, that's legal. It's legal for you to use an AK-47, block traffic, use someone in a, you know who's paraplegic in a wheelchair to block the roadway, commit a Class A misdemeanor with a weapon. It's actually apparently legal to do that in Austin, Texas now. Just so you know. Uh, we also want to talk about um, there's a stabbing that happened. Um, we're going to talk about that New York stabbing. Daniel Penny. That wasn't a stabbing. That was choking. Choking. Daniel Penny choked Jordan Neely, the homeless uh, but, Michael but, Jackson impersonator. And just a, uh, but recently. But Jordan Penny. Jordan Williams. Was trying to stab someone. Jordan. Well, did he have a knife? Jordan Neely, Jordan Williams, Jordan Williams stabbed was a trying. guy. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Right. This is more recent, totally separate. Well, similar, but completely separate from the Daniel Penny incident. Uh, Jordan Williams stabbed a uh, psychotic guy on the subway who assaulted him and his girlfriend. All right. So we're going to talk about all that stuff there, too. Man, we got to put all this stuff together. There's the names are so similar. You know, I get confused with Daniel Perry, the Sergeant United States mm. Army, who's working part time for a rideshare company in Austin, Texas. You know, caught up in a, a midst of a protest, a riot here in Austin, Texas. 
had to defend himself, actually gets convicted of a murder, actually convicted 25 years. Is that right? Uh, sounds about right. Yeah, got convicted of killing someone who's actually trying to, who he perceived as trying to kill him. Um, we also have Daniel Penny, who was protecting women who were being attacked on a subway. Want to talk about him? Want to talk about Nick Cantor? And talk Doug Cantor, actually Doug Cantor, um, who's actually murdered two years ago in Austin, Texas, by a teenager. And the funny thing about you know what's happening in Austin, you have teenagers who are committing massive crimes, and the DAs, the the district attorneys, not holding them accountable, and also the judges, in the you know, the judges that actually oversee these minors are not holding them accountable. And a funny fact, you know what? Go ahead and call me. My calling number is 512-643-5483. That is 512-643-5483. The funny thing about what's happening here in Austin, Texas, is that I don't know if this is good. I don't know if this is bad, but I'm going to tell you. You know, one thing about Michael Cargill, I like to tell you the facts. And the fact is 19 of the 21 district judges in Travis County are women. Only two are black and only two are male and only one is Hispanic. That is 19 of the 21 are, are female. So if you're trying to get a divorce, Zach, if you want to get married and get a divorce, it's not looking good for you because 19 of the 21 are women. Not looking good. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. I'm just letting you know. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Williford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. What are you doing? All right. So we're back and we're talking about um, a lot today. We have a lot to discuss. We have to break down the, uh, you know, what happened in New York. Man, New York. Go figure. It's always, a, it's always something on the subway. It's always uh, New York City. It's always either New York. It's a Chicago 
it's going to be L.A., it's going to be Miami. It's always these major cities that are controlled by the, I don't know, certain political party. Which one? The Democrat Party. And, and Do you know the word crap weasel? <laughs> and what kills me is, you know, the fact that these guys are not uh, prosecuting people. You know, I don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah, they are. They're prosecuting Daniel Penny. Oh, they're prosecuting the wrong individuals, people uh, that are defending it's themselves. It's more like Gotham City there. Is actually. that what it is? Yeah. So if you, you and me, we defend ourselves, you know, and I'm actually afraid. Seriously. I think about this. I, I sit back and think about this at night. I said, man, the much as much as I talk about this so, this stuff on the radio show, if I actually defend myself in a situation like this, I'm actually screwed. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, all the different news stories, the radio show, the clippings, everything that I've talked about, they're going to use all that stuff against me. You know, so if I actually happen to defend myself, I'm actually in trouble. Yeah, you know, there is uh, a book called The Gulag Archipelago, which was actually said to have brought down the Soviet Union uh, because it outlined the atrocities that uh, happened there. And a guy named Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote it, and he has this great quote in there that I think is just perfect for what is happening, especially up in New York City right now. So he says, your punishment for having a knife when they searched you would be very different from the thief's. For him to have a knife was mere misbehavior, tradition. He didn't know any better. But for you to have one was terrorism. Mm. So they treat you completely different. You know, they treat the criminals totally different from the law abiding, right? From the people who are trying to defend themselves. That's crazy. Insane. Um, man, I, I, I tell you, you know, and I look at this case in, um, in New York, you know, what do you, what do you know about the Daniel Penny case? You know anything about it? Uh, yeah. So he was on the bus with Jordan Neely bus or a subway or a subway. Yeah. Okay. He was on the train with Jordan Neely and, uh, Jordan Neely was, uh, making all kinds of threats to people. He actually said, uh, I don't care if they take me to jail. Um, he said some other really ominous cryptic things, but, uh, uh, basically saying that he didn't care and that he would just, you know, do whatever he wanted. So let me tell uh, tell me, do you think he's uh, he's innocent, he's guilty? Because here's, here's a story. Okay, so we're talking Daniel Penny, a man charged with manslaughter for putting an agitated New York City subway rider in a fatal chokehold has been indicted by a grand jury and expected – prosecutorial step that will allow the criminal case to continue. So basically, they're going to prosecute this case. So Daniel Penny was charged with man, uh, by a manhandled prosecutor last month in the May 1st death of Jordan Neely, a former Michael Jackson impersonator who struggled in recent years with homelessness and mental illness. Now, the grand jury proceedings are secret, and a spokes, uh, spokesperson for Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg declined to comment you know, about this stuff this past week. Um, he said, hey, basically, he appreciates the DA Bragg conducting a thorough and investigating into the, the death of Jordan Neely. Like he said, uh, when the DA, DA first brought the charges, uh, 
the you know they have the utmost faith in the judicial process, and now that the grand jury has indicted Daniel Penny, a trial and justice can move forward. Now, okay, so basically, this guy was on the subway, and he was messing with you know people that were on the subway, you know, to the fact that he was intimidating them. He was, you know, they thought this guy was actually going to harm them. So a prime military, is that correct? Yeah. He's prime military. He stepped in and he, you know, grabbed this guy, held this guy, you know, waited for police to show up. He put him in a chokehold. He tried to put him to sleep. And the problem is when he tried to put him to sleep, he took his life. And before that, Jordan Neely said over and over, I'm going to kill you. I'm prepared to go to jail for life and I'm willing to die. So once the threat has stopped, then what? Then what? So he choked him out. The guy stops. Now what? Then what happened? Once that threat stops, you stop. Uh huh. No? Well, did he? I don't know. See, I think differently about this. I, I, you know, once the threat has stopped, then you stop. Uh, you, you choke a person, they pass out, then you stop. Once you go past that point, he killed this guy. Or did that kill him once he stopped? Was, he, was that excessive force? Did he die? Was that what stopped him? What if his death is what stopped him? It wasn't his death. It was him passing out that stopped him. Well, and then once we went past that point, we killed him. Does it How matter, far though? past it was it? I mean, does it matter? Like, you killed someone, that's not justifiable for them saying, I'm going to hurt you or I'm going to kill you. It's a verbal threat. Like, I don't think you have the right to kill someone. In most states, verbal and uh, the threat, you know, just a verbal uh, is enough is not enough for using force or deadly force to stop that person. Right. So just because some person is saying they're going to kill you, that's not enough. They have to kind of act on it, produce a weapon, it needs to be a little more. So there were three guys that all seemed to agree to. So three guys against one thought that they thought that, hey, this guy needs to be restrained. He is erratic and absolutely he needed to be restrained. Absolutely. I have no problems with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Need to be restrained. Need to hold this guy, wait for police to get there. But did they have the justification to take his life? What if that's what stopped him? This is my question, right? If you put someone in a chokehold, you should be trained and know how to do that. Did this guy have any training, any background? Was he a military guy? Or was he just some guy, I'm going to put you in a chokehold and see what happens? Because if he was if he was trained, if he was actually a mili- uh, martial Four artist, years in the Marines. Wow. That's, that's a lot. I mean, you'd think he would know better than to have someone restrained that far. Usually, if you're actually trained how to use these techniques, you know that it has to be done in an actual life or death situation because if you do this, you can kill someone. Okay, do we know uh, at what point he passed out and then at what point Daniel Penny let go? Does it matter, though? I mean, if you shoot someone, it doesn't matter what your intention was. So you're using deadly force. He used deadly force on this guy. Does it matter what your intention was? It matters that you used the force. Well, what is is a punch deadly force? I mean, if you're punching someone while on the ground, you keep if going. I, if I just punch you once while you're standing once, up, is that deadly once, force? Once the threat has stopped, then you stopped. Well, I, I'd say also I'd say that if you're a tr- if you're 
in the military, you're a trained martial artist, your fists are deadly force. I mean, yes. Like, if it causes death or serious ball injury, it's deadly force. If it does not cause death or serious ball injury, it is force. So a punch can be both deadly force and not deadly force. Because right? it can cause deadly force. So if if it causes deadly force, then it's deadly force. And you fall back and you hit your head on a rock and you die, then that's deadly force. That is right? deadly force. But if I do the same punch and that rock is not there and you hit a pillow instead, that is not deadly that's force. That's force. Yeah. I get you. So it's the same thing, right? But he died. Mm-hmm. Now what? That's the, the tensions doesn't matter. He went. He went too far. I'm sorry. And I, I, honestly, you know, hey, you know, and I, I get it. I totally get. It. This guy was a menace to society. He was, you know, he was, he was the worst of the worst of the community. He was causing, you know, he, he actually, you know, these these ladies were in fear of losing their life. Absolutely, they're in fear of their life. They stop the threat. Once the threat stops, then you stop. Anything okay. else? Anything who's more than that is excessive. Who's to say he didn't stop then? The, the guy passed out. He stopped. Okay, so the guy passed out. He stopped, and then he went a step further. I, I still think this he is did? ridiculous. You, is so this guy? How he long, went a step further. How and long took his life. did he choke him after he was passed out? I'm not an Emmy. I'm not a medical examiner, but it, long enough for him to die. So we don't even know if he did it for any longer. But he died after he passed out. He killed this guy. Uh huh. The threat stopped. He stopped he passed, the threat. He passed out. He stopped that threat. He went a step further and he killed him. He stopped the threat. <sighs> he sure did. I just, I mean, if this, you want to come back? Oh, we come back from the break when I talk about this and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Blaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Works. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking about current events. We're talking about recent shootings. We're talking about previous shootings. We're talking about the anniversary of the mass shooting here in Austin, Texas. And so I do want to bring into the conversation um, Nick Cantor, uh, who's the brother of Doug Cantor, who was actually murdered two years ago. And it's been two years, and this case has not gone to court. Uh, we're talking about, you know, pretty much we know, allegedly, who actually pulled the trigger. Uh, we know who committed this crime and the fact that the DA has not brought this case to court. But the DA is focusing on all these other cases that I think that, you know, they're targeting certain people because they that these other people fit in a certain demographic that goes opposition to his political perspective. You know, but, you know, and we're talking, you know, was it two years ago? 
There's a, a high. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, a little over two years ago. Um, you know, it was uh, June 12th. 2021 um and uh they the the detectives and the police uh they got the suspects pretty much right away um this wasn't like an immaculate you know plan there was just two gangs shooting at each other on sixth street they got caught on camera they pretty much rounded everybody up within three or four days so um the facts of the case were pretty cut and dry and uh there's really no reason that this couldn't have been open and closed within a couple of months right and and we're talking about a you know this is a these are teenagers correct teenagers yeah wasn't the shooter 17 i believe he was 19 at the time um if i'm correct i believe he's 21 now i'm not sure if he's turn 21 yet but I'm, I'm pretty sure he has by now why is he not in jail well he's in jail nobody else that was involved is um one of his friends accomplices gang members whatever you want to uh call him he actually took the murder weapon and hit it and then tried to sell it for him to dispose of it and got caught that that one that guy is actually out he's not in jail but the one who allegedly pulled the trigger is. Is he in jail for the charge of killing your brother? <clears throat> he is in jail uh, for the charge of murdering my brother right now, yes. That's good. And so tell us a little bit about your brother. Uh, tell us, you know, what's going on with the DA. You know, kind of fill us in a little bit. Well, my brother was down there um, in, in Austin, Uh, Because he heard it was a beautiful place. He had just uh, graduated from Michigan State with his, uh, I'm sorry, University of Michigan with his master's degree. And his, uh, one of his longtime best friends that moved down to Texas when we were kids uh, lives down there. So he figured he would kind of have like a little powwow with his old friends and celebrate, um, you know, getting his master's degree. And uh, while they were out, in the music district on 6th Street, what, which is where he heard it was, you know, kind of a, a place to kind of see, a, a touristy destination, if you will. Um, apparently, these two gangs um, had a shootout because that was a common place for that kind of stuff to happen on 6th Street, unbeknownst to my brother, who, you know, comes from New York and lived in Michigan at the time. So, um, I'm sure his guard wasn't up, and uh, he was caught in the crossfire. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the district attorney doesn't really see anything wrong with it. I mean, he he understands that he has to prosecute the man who pulled the trigger, but beyond that, um, he doesn't see that anyone else involved was in the wrong. I mean, he thinks basically that um, the only accountability – falls on the shooter and <clears throat> that, you know, uh, a potential plea deal, um, which I'm sure he's been working and, and hasn't told us, uh, is, you know, sufficient. Um, he's not interested in prosecuting the other gang members. He's not interested in prosecuting any illegal weapons charges because out of the 10 to 14 gang members, 13 illegal firearms were apprehended and um there's been not one single charge 
um, related to that. It's the only two charges that he's filed are um, murder and evidence tampering by the guy who tried to hide the firearm and then sell it. I think that would be Um, obstruction of justice as well, right? Well, it's obstruction of justice, accessory to murder. I mean, to be fair, uh, Texas law calls that every single person involved in that shooting on both sides, both gangs, could be charged with attempted murder or accessory to murder because they were all involved. I mean, it's no different than if all of them decided to rob a bank. If one of them shoots the teller, everyone involved in that robbery, whether the guy's driving the getaway car or he's the lookout, can all be charged with the same crime. That's the way the law is written. That's right. Um, And in the same token, these gangs all – this was prearranged to a degree. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, let's meet on the corner of, you know, I forget the block, but in front of the Moose Knuckle Pub and have a shootout. But it was – they had a shootout the week before. Um, The one gang posted on social media that they would be there again or they would be there that night, and the other gang saw that and, you know, came to the challenge. Now, that to me is pretty much premeditated. I mean, you know, to a a degree at least. So everybody that went there, I mean, they came with 13 illegal guns. They they weren't planning on – you know, having a wrestling match. Why do you say? Why do you say thirteen illegal guns? Uh, that's what I was told was was apprehended between the gang members, um, and they were illegal because everyone that was apprehended was under the age of twenty one. So no one. So thirteen guns were recovered at the time, and at that time, they were not legally able to be carrying those firearms at that time. And so we're talking about thirteen guns were were confiscated. And no one's been charged or, well, no one's been convicted as of this date today. And even if they were of age, if you are a member of a street gang, then you are prohibited from owning any firearm. And so we're talking about a city. We're talking about a group of people. We're talking about, you know, a a group of people that their whole political platform is we need to get illegal guns off the street. We're talking about we need to make sure that we stop these mass shootings. We're talking about we need to get rid of, you know, different shootings. We need to stop this stuff that's happening. We're talking about these people, and they're not prosecuting the people that are actually committing the freaking crimes. Exactly. And and that's that's the hypocrisy of all of it is, um, you know, you hear every time there's a shooting, they're blaming the gun, right? And they say, we need to get better background checks. We need to get guns off the street. Well, here's your opportunity. You got 13 illegal guns off the street. Punish those who had the guns. And then the next group of people that that is holding illegal firearms may think twice. You know what? If somebody, if one of my friends shoots somebody and I get caught with an illegal gun, I don't want to go to prison. You know what? I'm not going to carry my illegal gun out to 6th Street tonight. I'm not going to go out to the club with a gun in my waistband because I don't want to go to prison if one of my friends decides to pop off. We're, but instead, we're, the message and, is— And you're talking, about, you're talking about 13 guns, whether they were stolen guns, whether they were carrying the guns in the bars, that's actually a felony, whether they're minors in possession of a firearm. We're talking about committing several crimes, and no one's been— convicted as of today 
no one's even charged, let alone convicted. None of these, none of them have even been charged with a, a weapons possession. Um, they just, they just apprehended the guns and sent them home. But the whole thing is we need to get these illegal guns off the street. We need to, you know, confiscate firearms. We need to, you know, take guns away from certain people. But when they have it in their hands, deliver it to them on a civil platter, they're still not prosecuting people that are clearly committing the freaking crimes. No, because it doesn't fit the narrative. See, the narrative is that it's a legal gun owner that one day cracks and shoots up a school and that's the gun they want to go after. They don't want to go after the illegal gun because the illegal gun doesn't allow them to attack gun manufacturers because it's illegal, right? So, you know, unfortunately, this political agenda and war against the Second Amendment doesn't apply to illegal firearms. It really only applies to legal firearms. Ah, that you can see in this case. Yeah, so they're trying to take guns from certain people. They're not trying to really get the illegal guns off the street. You know, you have uh, someone who's uh, underage, not supposed to be in possession of a firearm, who's taking guns in a prohibited place, who carrying a firearm illegally, you know, and they're not supposed to. Uh, we're not going to prosecute those people. What we're going to do is we're going to take the guns from people who can legally carry the firearms. We're just going to take their – we're going to say, hey, you know what? Your gun, we're going to turn your gun into an illegal gun, and we're going to confiscate it from you. And that takes me back to that Alexander Solzhenitsyn quote. That he starts by saying, your punishment for having a knife when they searched you would be very different from the thief's. For him to have a knife was mere misbehavior, tradition. He didn't know any better. But for you to have one was terrorism. Mm. Right? Crazy. So these criminals can have these guns... And they can commit crimes with these guns, but, you know, they want to take them out of law-abiding citizens' hands. Man, I'd say... Right. Go ahead. And, you know, I find it ironic that in every other tragic instance, for example, car accidents, they blame the person. When it's a texting and driving incident, they blame the person. When it's a drunk driving incident, they blame the person. How come when it comes to a shooting, the gun is at fault? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not able to really wrap my head around why guns are responsible for, you know, the, the chaos and the um, destruction that they cause, but nothing else that causes chaos and destruction is blamed. It's, it's the person. And I, I just, I mean, maybe I'm you know, missing something, maybe I'm stupid and I just don't get it, but I'd love, uh, you know, an explanation just so I could see the thought process behind why we're blaming firearms for destructive behaviors. No, no, that's a really, really good question, but I don't think we will ever actually get the answer to it. What kills me is, you know, Daniel Perry, who's a sergeant of the United States Army, convicted of 15 years in prison, you know, defending himself by someone who's actually blocking the roadway, clearing carrying an AK-47 with a face mask, tactical gear, 10 o'clock at night, blocking a major road, threatening someone with a firearm, committing a crime, a Class A misdemeanor with a weapon, is actually legal in Austin, Texas. This guy was, you know, hey, he got convicted. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Pride Park News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. 
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking with um, the Cantor family. We're talking about, you know, a mass shooting that happened two years ago where the Travis County District Attorney, Jose Garza, has not prosecuted, has yet to prosecute the shooter in this mass shooting. And we're talking about, you know, we're talking about a mass shooting here where everyone's talking about we need to stop mass shootings. We need to do something about mass shootings. We need to make sure they don't happen again. Well, you know what? This is your opportunity to stop the mass shootings. Prosecute the people that are committing them, especially when you know who's pulled the trigger. But instead, they're not doing that. They're not going after the shooter. They're not, you know, prosecuting this guy. They're focusing on other cases. You know, we know who all the people were that actually had firearms that day. There were how many illegal guns that day, Mr. Cantor? How many illegal guns? Thirteen. Thirteen illegal guns, and no one's been prosecuted. Thirteen illegal guns in a mass shooting in Austin, Texas, the liberal mecca of Texas, and no one has been prosecuted. Liberal mecca of Texas. Just let that sink in for a few minutes. They're not, they don't think you're stupid. They know you're stupid. They're playing games with you. And here we are. We're fighting with Washington, D.C. We're trying to stop Washington, D.C. from taking guns from law-abiding citizens. And that is why I have the Cargill, that is the Michael Cargill case against the Department of Justice, the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Uh, we're trying to stop them from actually changing and creating law. That's why we're doing what we're doing, because they're not they don't think you're stupid. They know you're stupid. Yeah. Something else on the same vein as this. So the ATF went uh, up to people's homes who bought the rare breed trigger, which is a forced reset trigger, which is legal. Uh, but the ATF doesn't like it. So they went up to people's houses. There's one guy that recorded the interaction where they said, hey, do you have these triggers? Uh, you can give them up right now. They went to his door. Meanwhile, in Chicago, these kids are posting videos with a bunch of Glock switches, mm. which are those little parts that are just highly illegal that they put on the back of a Glock and make them fully automatic. And the ATF crickets. Mm. They don't want to go after these people who have this explicitly illegal, felonious item attached to their gun i have i have gun owners that are coming to the gun store they're like oh my goodness the brace the uh the brace band has gone to effect it's may 31st it's june 1st it's june 2nd 3rd 4th 5th 6th 7th 8th 9th 10th 11th 12th it's june you know 17 17th and you know i i need to do something because i have a brace what do i do michael you know we're trying to help these people may 31st was a a complete was complete chaos for us i mean i was so so busy, so stressed out, trying to help so many different people and taking care of their brace because they were not involved in all these different cases. They were not a part of the Gunners of America. They were not members of the FPC. They were not employees of the state of Texas where they're, or the pe people that are individual in, named individually in the lawsuits, the three lawsuits that were filed against the Department of Justice, I call tobacco and firearms, to, to get an injunction on the brace ban. 
since you're not one of those people, you're not Gun Owners of America, a member of, you're not FBC, a member of, you're not the state of Texas, the an employee of the state of Texas, you're not one of the members, the people that are named in the actual lawsuit, or you weren't a member of those organizations on the date that the lawsuit was filed, then you are screwed because now, you know what? And the enforcement starts. Or if your brace is Maxim brand, right? What's that? Maxim. The brand. Like that silenced pistol that you have. Oh. Maxim. Really? I think Maxim uh, pistol braces are also injuncted. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're not one of those, guess what? You know, now you better lower up really quick because now enforcement starts as of June 1st. And so we, we have people that are flooding to the gun store, you know, that didn't know. I, I, have people, I had someone walk into the gun store today that had no idea that the brace ban had gone into effect. Today is June 18th. They didn't even know. You're going to have people that, are get, that may get stopped by police, maybe at the gun range shooting, practicing, doing what they do, maybe out hunting, and all of a sudden the game warden walks up and catches them with a brace. What do you do? You know, guess what? They're done. That's a felony. And they didn't even here, know. Here's the, the problem I, I see with this. You know, it's like, okay, the law-abiding citizens are all going to get screwed, right? And, and Or they're going to follow the law, one or the other. But the people that are, you know, have malintent, that are going to do something, you know, like a mass shooting or murder somebody, the least of their worries is an additional illegal you know, accessory charge, right? Exactly. Like if, if you plan on, you know, buying a gun from some illegal source and shooting up a town or shooting at, you know, a rival gang, the least of your worries is, oh, well, you had, you know, an illegal accessory on your gun. You're you're going to go down for attempted murder or murder. You're not worried about, you know, an accessory charge. And in most cases, just like the one with my brother, they're not even charging them with, with illegal gun charges. They're charging the the guy who allegedly pulled the trigger with murder, no one else got charged. So like the only thing, the only people that are affected by this law are the legal gun owners. That's exactly right, Nick. Yeah. And it, and it, it just shows that, uh, you know, the, the, the DA has their own priorities. I mean, if they're going to go after certain individuals uh, that, that are having, you know, committing crimes right now in comparison to two years ago, it just blatantly shows you that they have an agenda that they're going to go by their priorities and not the priorities of the community. And quite frankly, our entire country that is saying, hey, look, this is a problem. It needs to be, you know, that we need to get this under control. But not even our DA is willing to enforce the laws to hold criminals accountable. Nick? They're only enforcing the laws on legal gun owners. That's that's the problem is they're, they're not enforcing the law when it comes to, you know, somebody who takes one of those same weapons with all the illegal accessories and murders somebody. They don't they don't enforce it then, but they would enforce it if somebody was at the gun range and they were minding their own business and just plinking away at targets. That's the person they want to get. They don't they don't care about the person doing the illegal crimes. And and that's that's the part I can't figure out is, you know, listen, I get it. There are people who are anti-gun for whatever reason, and they don't need to explain themselves to me. They they're entitled to their opinion. But if that is their position on 
on the Second Amendment, then it should be consistent, and, and it's not. And that's where I see a problem, is why is your position on the Second Amendment not consistent from person to person? Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you, what hurts me to the core, it actually, it hurts me, the fact that there are so many people, there are millions of Americans out there right now today who are not in tune with what's going on with the news. They don't watch the news on a daily basis. They're not up on the gun culture. Uh, maybe they inherit a firearm from a family member that passed away. Maybe someone gave them a gun as a gift. They had no idea because they're not in the gun culture. They're not, you know, in the gun, you know, to do or up to date with all the news and stuff like that. And they're in possession of a AR pistol brace or AK base uh, brace. Uh, firearm, and guess what? They're in possession of a felony, and they don't know. And that hurts me to a core because these people we're talking about, you know, they've never done anything wrong in their life, thinking that they're doing the right thing, thinking that they did the right thing, and all of a sudden one day police may show up to their house because maybe there's a 911 call, maybe they call, maybe you called the police because, you know, your neighbor or something happened, you know, next door or something like that. You invite the police into your house to explain to them, you know, what's going on. And they see your firearm, your AR pistol brace, and they say, hey, that's an illegal gun. You're in possession of what is a felony. And guess what? They can be charged and convicted of a crime. And that hurts me to the core. We're talking about law-abiding citizens to, trying to do the right thing. And they can get caught up easily by something as simple as that, you know, and your attentions are good. You're not trying to do anything wrong. And that's crazy to me. You know, there are four boxes out there. Uh, there are four boxes to be used in the defense of liberty. And I want you to remember this. There is the soap box. There is the ballot box. There is the jury box. And there is the cartridge box. And I'm telling you right now, you need to use them in that order. Use your soapbox to let people know your stance, you know, what you believe in. You have a right to the First Amendment. The ballot box. You need to go and you need to go vote. Make sure your voter registration is up to date. Go vote. Pick your candidate. Let your voice be heard. Jury box. You need to, you need to adhere to that jury summons. Go to the courtroom. You know, there's someone that's on trial right now that may need your help, your assistance, you know, need your opinion in their case, need your expertise, need you to be their voice in that jury room. So you need to show up when it comes to jury, when it comes to jury summons and the cartridge box, because the guess what? When everything else fails, when that soapbox fails you, when that ballot box fails you, when that jury box fails you, the last thing you have is your firearm, and that is the cartridge box. You may have to defend yourself with your firearm. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Peace. This is Maj Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk Radio with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So, you know, there's a way to get on the jury pool. I'm telling you right now. I, I, Thomas says uh, D.A. Garza will keep us out of the jury pool. You know what? Ah, I don't know. I, I, you know what, Thomas? I disagree with you. Here's why. 
you know, because I was actually able to get on a jury one day, one time, and I actually did not wear the red shirt. You know, I made sure I actually, that's right. I wore a different type of shirt. I wore a baseball cap, you know, and I, you know, didn't, I only spoke when, you know, when, when asked a question, didn't say anything, kept quiet, you know, low key. And I was able to get on the jury of a very important case that lasted probably about two weeks. And it was a civil case in district court. And so there's a way you can get on, you can get on, on the jury pool. And if I can get on the jury pool, anyone can get on the jury pool. I wasn't trying to disguise myself. I just didn't wear my uniform. You know, I wore something totally different. I was smart about it. You know, answer questions, you know, honestly. I was very honest. You know, do you, you know, what do you think about this? You know, what are your thoughts about this? You know, I answered those questions and, you know, and kept quiet. Only spoke when spoken to. A lot of people have a hard time with that. A lot of people want to talk too much. Can't talk too much. Only speak when spoken to. What I say is what I say. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> and so, uh, man, I tell you, and that's the way to do it. And so, yeah, there's a way you can get on the jury. Get on that jury pool. Just got to, you know, get your faculties together. Answer those questions honestly. And keep your mouth shut. Only speak when spoken to. We're talking with Nick Cantor the brother of Doug Cantor, who was murdered two years ago. And the Travis County DA has yet to prosecute anyone. He hasn't prosecuted the minors that were carrying guns illegally. He didn't prosecute the minors that were in possession of an illegal weapon. He didn't prosecute the minors who were possibly intoxicated while carrying firearms. No one's been prosecuted for anything. Downtown 6th Street, going in and out of bars illegally with firearms no one's been prosecuted and it's been two years but they're focusing on other cases and other things but not the mass shooting you know the mass shootings you know how everyone's talking about mass shootings we need to stop mass shootings we need to do something about mass shootings we need to get these illegal guns off the street well, here's their opportunity. Here's their chance to get rid of the, you know, stop the mass shootings, get rid of illegal guns off the street, and they've yet to do anything in Austin, Texas, Travis County, the liberal mecca in the state of Texas. Well, that's because it's a, it's the type of mass shooting. You know, the intent is what matters. So the the intent of, you know, the shooter in this case with my brother was to shoot at other gang members. So you know, that to them doesn't qualify as the type of mass shooter they're after. See, they're after the mass shooter who bought an illegal gun 10 years ago and then lost his mind for whatever reason or another and then used a legal gun to, to commit a mass shooting. They don't care about the mass shooting. It's the means at which the gun used in the shooting came into possession of the shooter. And, and that's exactly why they're not interested in prosecuting the, the man or, or men involved in my brother's shooting. All right. And so I want to, you know, bring you into the conversation. You're out there, you're listening, you're driving on I-35, you're, you know, driving across the country. Maybe you're in Canada. Maybe you're in Michigan. Maybe you're in California. You're listening to the radio show right now. Our calling number is 512-643-5483. Maybe you're in New York City. Maybe you're on the subway in New York City. And you're thinking of the Daniel Penny case. Give me a call. 
Let me know what your thoughts are because, you know, I actually have a different opinion about this. I like to debate this subject. You know, get for the for the first time, I have a different opinion. I don't think, you know, I I, I think I don't think Daniel Penn is a hero in this case. So I'm on the opposite side. Ah, whatever. Shut up. Zach, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to see you nod see your head. Me shaking my head. It's shake not your nodding. head. Nod That's your shaking head. Shaking my head. Shake your head. Put your put your head in your in your hand. Your you know whatever you want to do. I don't think God's Daniel, gonna get you for that. Daniel Penny is not a hero in this case. Oh no. 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 I disagree with you. Who's the hero? Jordan what? Neely. No, he's not a hero either. No. No. What is not. Jordan Neely then? He's a criminal. He's a criminal. Yeah. And you know F A F A F O. Okay. F-A-F-O. So he found but out? He found out. But, hey, he should not have been killed. I'm sorry. It went a, step, it went a little too far. A little too far. I think he was not using deadly force, but it ended up killing him. So, negligent. He was negligent. At worst. Accidental. Accidental, at worst. Sure. Not first degree. But, but at the end of the day, you know, when your adrenaline's pumping and, you know, there's there's a lot of commotion going on, I mean, how could you say that he was necessarily wrong? I mean, in, in Nick, Monday you're, morning you're a fighter. Nick, you're a fighter. And this is where we disagree because you're a fighter. Well, let okay? him speak, Mike. Let's hear. Let's All right. Hear so, what he's you, saying. so you're a fighter. OK. And you're in a conversation with someone and the threat has stopped. You got to stop. No, I agree. And listen, you know, I, I am a fighter. I train MMA. I fight MMA amateur. I do jiu-jitsu. Like, I'm... I'm and Nick is my know, brother. Probably. I love Nick. I go drink with Nick. We we, we, we drink. Yeah, we have a no, great we, time. We, this we is my brother, right? This is my brother from another mother. And and to be, to be honest, and to Mike's point, I avoid confrontation anytime there is an opportunity to, you know, to avoid it because... I don't want to have what happened to Daniel Perry, you know, happen to me because it only takes, you know, a slip and fall. It doesn't even have to be necessarily my training and skill that, that does something to someone. Somebody could come at me, I could sidestep and push them and they could just happen to hit their head on something hard and, and it kills them. So, I mean, the best thing is to avoid that, but in the instance where you can't avoid the confrontation, and you have to use some form of defense. I mean, all bets are off as far as how far that's going to go. I mean, once once you kind of get into that mode of all right, I got to defend myself or someone else. Um, you know, that person has pushed you to past the point where you want to go, and now they've kind of asked for it. And and there's a difference between you know stomping somebody out when they're when they're clearly you know down and and they're not fighting back. You know, with Daniel Perry, I didn't see the video. Penny, Penny, I, I Penny. Kinda... Daniel Penny. Penny, I'm sorry, Penny. I, I'm confusing. I know, case. I know. It's, um, it's, it's, I, it's, it's. I'm telling you, it's, it's a chore. We, we were doing that earlier today. <laughs> yeah, we were doing it earlier. It's a chore. It's, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with with Penny, I mean, you know, I don't, I didn't see any videos. I, I honestly, like, with everything that I have going on, I, I try to not upset myself with things going on in the world. Um, I heard he held him in the chokehold for for some time. I mean, there are other holds that you could, you know, hold somebody down with. But at the end of the day, had the homeless man not, you know, caused the confrontation, confrontation wouldn't have taken place. I mean, it's not like Penny went out 
looking for a fight and found a homeless guy to beat up on. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And anybody who's concerned for this homeless man, I'd love to ask them where they were when this man needed a home because right. he was homeless, right? His family wants to sue the city. Well, how come his family didn't take him in? I mean, why that's was right. he living on the street? That's right. right? Like that, that's right. Everyone cares that's a about good him question. now that he's dead. That's a very good point. I agree with you 100%. So, you know, you also have to take with a grain of salt everybody's in everybody who cares why they care. Do they care for financial reasons? Because that's what it seems like to me. It seems like nobody cared about this poor homeless man before he was murdered. Or or I don't want to use the word murdered. Before he, he, he succumbed to his injuries from the fight, we'll say. Right. Are they suing the city? From what I heard, they are. And the last I heard on a... I, I listen to the Daily Wire sometimes, and from the, the last thing I heard was that they were seeking some sort of like settlement in the in the amount of like 20 or 40 million dollars something like that. But it's it's like, you know, again, you know, you're you're looking for 20 40 million dollars, but you couldn't give your homeless brother, you know, 20 bucks to uh, you know, to buy lunch that day. You couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, throw him in an extra spare bedroom you had. You couldn't let him sleep on your couch, but now you want money because he's not here anymore. Mm. Well, that's just odd. Maybe this is just my ignorance of the law, but you think that would make more sense if a state official, like a police officer, actually killed them, not just some random guy on the street. I don't see how the city is uh, responsible for something like this. I know they're suing. It doesn't have anything to do Daniel with the city officials. Penny, or they're planning to. Oh, okay. Is that what it is? They're doing Penny. At least. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Daniel Penny was charged by Manhattan prosecutors last month in May first of death of George Neely a former Michael Jackson impersonator who struggled in recent years with homelessness and mental illness. Grand jury proceedings are secret, and spokespeople uh, for Manhattan District Attorney Alan Bragg declined to comment about what happened. Um, Neely was shouting at passengers and begging for money when Penny pinned him to the floor of the moving subway car with the help of two other riders. Penny, a former U.S. Marine, then held Neely in a chokehold that lasted more than three minutes. Penny has said he was protecting himself and other passengers claiming Neely shouting, I'm going to kill you, and that he was ready to die or to go to jail for life. A freelance journalist who recorded Neely struggling to free himself, then lapsing into unconsciousness, said he was acting aggressively and frightening people, but hadn't assaulted anyone. Neely was black. Penny was white. And that's what they're making this all about to be. But it's about one person against another person. And did this guy go too far and take his life? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right. So, you know, the IRS confiscated tens of thousands of 4473 forms from Great Falls, Montana gun dealer. I'm going to tell you about that. That was crazy. It is, is actually insane. And that's why it's important that we support the Michael Cargill versus the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms in 
protecting gun dealers because this is the exact reason why. And I'll tell you a little bit of that, you know, why later. That because that's a big, huge case. Huge those, case. Those IRS agents were in full battle rattle. Full battle rattle. Like, why? You're going in to get paperwork. You're backed up by the ATF. Why do you need to be in full battle rattle to collect paperwork? Hey, the only gun control that I support is taking away guns from the federal government and all their bureaucrats. Yeah, and it makes no sense. You know, why is the IRS armed? I'm, I'm concerned. You they, should be concerned, people. Yeah, I mean, they're going to take your money one way or another. I mean, <laughs> I'm concerned about that. Have you seen the training videos of the IRS agents? No. Uh, there was a training video that was released. Basically, they had these prop guns. They were going through all these scenarios, and it was comical the way that they were just running these drills, uh, just basically on taxpayers is who they're going to be uh, arresting, holding up at gunpoint. It's nuts. I mean, you really wouldn't believe how many bureaucrats on the federal level have SWAT teams. I mean, believe it or not, the uh, Department of Education actually has a freaking SWAT team as well. So, I mean, there are tons of these bureaucrats out there that have this power, that have tons of weapons at their disposal to go after and target Americans with. And that, yeah, that, that should upset some people. That should scare some people. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. <laughs> they don't think you're stupid. They know you're stupid. <laughs> <I'm t> <laughs> oh, man, this is insane. I, I can't, you can't even make this up even if you tried. All right, so um, IRS raided a gun store in Montana in full battle rattle. You can't even make that up, people. That is insane to me. Yeah, this was on Wednesday. Yeah, that is insane. That is major crazy news. Major crazy. But you know what? Before we get to that, I want to go back to talking about, you know, Austin, Texas. I want to talk about I want to talk about New York. I want to talk about Austin, this district attorney that's not prosecuting. Uh, we're talking about, let's go talk about Daniel Perry who got 15 years in prison, who was a sergeant in the United States Army, defending himself, doing a protest in Austin, Texas, when protesters were blocking a roadway at 9, 10 o'clock at night, uh, blocking traffic, using uh, even to the point where they were using a paraplegic in a wheelchair to block the roadway, to block cars from driving down the road with an AK-47 in tactical gear and a face mask, you know, you know, it's 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 insane. You know, I, I still see how you want to legalize something like that. Um, to the point that a DA who's not prosecuting a person who actually commits a mass shooting, when you have, that's all they're talking about. We need to stop mass shootings, stop illegal guns, get illegal guns off the street. And here we are in Austin, Texas, where you have your district court judges. Your juvenile justices are not doing their job. They're not prosecuting these people. You have minors. Minors. These minors are committing major crimes. And if you're me, I'm telling you right now, you're walking around, you're traveling, going from point A to point B, watch out for these minors because these minors will take your life if you're not paying attention. 
and they're minors. They're 15, 16 years old, and they will take your life without thinking twice about it. So you better be ready because they're ready to take your life. Well, and this thing is so unbelievable. I mean, you know, Michael, you and I have different points of view on the Perry case, and you know, I, I can respect that. But when it comes to this, I mean, it really does show. That's why earlier I was saying it shows that D.A. Garza has his own priorities, his own agenda. And, you you know, even myself, I have different, you know, political background than him or philosophy. But, you know, I, I almost think we should have or, you know, most I think most Americans think we should have uh, trust in our elected officials. And this just shows that we really don't. I mean, even if you think you can trust someone, you could trust the the grand jury as well. I mean, there are ways in which that this DA is not doing this job, not prosecuting people under the law, and it is absolutely ridiculous. Mm. And let's let's talk about this uh, this other this stabbing that happened. So, a mother of a man accused of fatally stabbing an ex-con who attacked his girlfriend on a J train this week compared the young man to the Daniel Penny as he has started an online fundraiser for his legal defense. Jordan Williams, 20, was justified when he knifed DeVictor Quadraco on a Brooklyn subway Tuesday night because he was defending other strap hangers from danger which was already taking place. According to his mom, April Williams, who wrote on a Give, Send, Go fundraiser she created. So the then she invoked Penny, the 24-year-old former Marine who was indicted for killing troubled homeless man Jordan Neely and Neely allegedly threatened other passengers on a F train on the Manhattan last month. Simply stated, these cases have become all too familiar in New York City, according to the mother. And she says, and this situation resembles that of Daniel Penny, who is out of bail and able to defend himself freely, she wrote. We just pray for the same opportunity. Now, she goes on to say that he should not suffer because he cannot afford bail on a case where he simply was justified in the actions he took. Uh, the mother continues to say, why should Jordan have to suffer at Rikers Island and fight his case from a cage? So anyone, you know, anything about this case? I'm kind of confused by it. Yeah. So uh, you're actually not allowed to have a knife on the subway in New York. It's <laughs> can't, illegal. Can't have pepper spray either, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, whatever. That's so why I'm staying in the States. So a crazy guy on the subway is going down the cars and threatening people, uh, assaulted this guy, uh, Jordan Williams' his girlfriend, and then him. Jordan Williams stabs him in the chest, kills him. I'm they good. take him to jail. I'm good with that. Uh-huh. In his arraignment, uh, they first brought up $100,000 bail, just like Daniel Penny got but they ended up letting him out with no bail. I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. But are you good with Daniel Penny having a hundred thousand dollar bail? Yeah, uh, he's a, he's a Marine, served that country honorably. I think he should have bail. If he wasn't a Marine, uh, he 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 should have bail. He should have be able to bail himself out. But a hundred thousand dollars, or should it be no bail? Ah, he should be able to like bail himself out. Bail. That I, I don't know, to be honest with you, but he should so be able to bail himself out. this guy got zero dollar, didn't have to pay bail, was released. Mm. And he stabbed someone who was trying to, you know, who was harassing and, you know, endangering the life of other people. Mm -hmm. Just like Jordan Neely. 
It's hard to compare it. It's, you know, I don't know, but hey. Similar too. I'm, Wait, so I'm, who, I'm fine with it. Who got Nobel? Because I mean, it seemed like the mom was saying that he was Jordan at Williams, this more recent guy that stabbed mm-hmm. the man on the train, got well. He didn't get Nobel. He got free bail. Well, I mean, according to the Sin- Gibson Go, they said he was at Rikers. I they don't know the- uh, well, that was up up until a day or two ago. Okay, right. so they changed it. Cool. Good yeah. update. Good update. <laughs> I mean, just my perspective here. I was going to say it about the last case was uh, unless you know. Unless there was actually someone assaulting someone, then that would, I think, actually give you the ability to use deadly force. So I think this case is a little bit different than the last case. If someone's verbally threatening you, if they're mentally ill, saying things that are, you know, could be, you know, oh, I'm going to do this because I'm crazy, but they didn't actually do anything. I don't think that I don't think that justifies deadly force. If you're actually being assaulted, I think that actually will justify some sort of deadly force. Now. Knives are illegal in New York. Um, well, they're not illegal. They're illegal on the subway. Well, they're illegal. In, I mean, certain... they might as well be illegal in New what? York. You know, I mean, like New York has such strict laws that trying to use any weapon, you're going to get in trouble either way. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a thief or a criminal. Hey, there you go. All right. So in uh, Montana, the IRS confiscated tens of thousands of 4473 forms from Great Falls, a Montana gun dealer. Uh, Tom Van Hoos has owned Highwood Creed Outfitters in Great Falls, Montana, for 13 years. And as he pulled into work Wednesday morning, 20 heavily armed Internal Revenue Service Criminal Investigation Division agents swarmed his store. He tells the... Uh, the, the media outlets that the IRS agents in the full battle rattle had been mustered from as far as Denver and, and Idaho to serve a warrant for his financial records. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. Listen to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 